A child goes missing. No one's seen her for 31 days. Multiple women sexually assaulted. I'm Justin Bolduck. And I'm Abby Dufault. And that's coming up on the True Crime Podcast. So just to recap, the people in my case, we've got Casey Anthony of Orlando, Florida. She is the suspect. And we've got her daughter, Kaylee Anthony. She is uh, the victim. So what are the events leading up to the crime? So one day out of the blue, her um, parents, George and Cindy Anthony, get a notice that their car was impounded. And this car is the car that uh, Casey was using. And so they get a little worried, but the dad was like, "Uh, you know what, I'll just, I'll go pick it up. Um, And so he goes to pick it up. He pays, you know, the impound fee, whatever. He goes to get into the car and he just notices this awful, awful smell. And he recognizes this smell right away. George was um, a retired police detective. And so when he smelt this, he knew right away that it was the smell of a decomposing body. He stated that that's not a smell you forget. It stays with you for your whole entire life because it's just, it's that bad. And so before he drives off with the car, he asked the, the guy working at the tow yard or whatever to just do a walk around of the car with them and, you know, check the trunk and whatever. And so they do, and they don't find anything. And that's kind of a sigh of relief for, um, for George because he didn't know if it was uh, Casey because at the time they hadn't had any contact with her. So it was a sigh of relief for him, but, you know, he was still a little uneasy about the smell because he was set in stone. He knew that that's what that smell was. So he drives it home. They finally get a hold of um, Casey. She meets with them that night at the house. Basically, they say, you know, hey, what's going on? Why was the car impounded? She gives some baloney story. Um, and then the grandparents were expecting to see their granddaughter, uh, Kaylee. And so when Kaylee didn't show up, they got a little nervous because they haven't seen her in, you know, a while, in over a month. So they, uh, uh, Cindy asked Casey where Kaylee is. And once again, Kaylee, uh, Casey gives some, you know, whatever ex- excuse Um, I believe she says she's with the nanny, Um, but her mom's not buying it, mostly because that's always her excuse, is, oh, she's at the nanny's, whatever, whatever, whatever. So Casey and her mother get into a heated argument um, to which eventually Cindy ends up calling the police. And she calls the police because she believes that her daughter is either hiding their granddaughter or their granddaughter is missing. She doesn't know. All she knows is that something isn't sitting right with her and she thinks the police need to come and investigate. So 45 minutes goes by and she starts becoming hysterical. The father, George, has to, you know, try and calm her down. 
But the situation between her and Casey really doesn't get any better. They keep, you know, going at each other. And um, Cindy eventually uh, calls the police again and says, you guys really need to come down here. Something's not right. So finally, uh, two police officers do end up going to the house. They end up telling the story. Casey ends up admitting that Kaylee has not been seen for 31 days and that she doesn't know where she is. She didn't want to tell anybody because she didn't want to worry anybody and that for the past 31 days, she has been looking nonstop for Kaylee. And so that makes her, her mother even more angry. But so eventually the cops go their way. They leave. Finally, they come back the next day and say, you know what? Your child hasn't been seen for 31 days and you neglected to tell anybody we're going to arrest you for child neglect. Because at that time, they had a suspicion that Casey did know where she was because she was a good liar, but she wasn't very consistent. And so when she was giving her testimony to the police that night, she had some minor inconsistencies that set, you know, the cops kind of um, off the rails, kind of made them suspicious. So while she was in police custody, she kept giving them some phony stories. Um, she told them she worked at Universal. One of the detectives um, ends up bringing her to Universal to talk to her employer. They get to the employee entrance, and there's no record of Casey Anthony ever working at Universal Studios. Not in the present, not in the past. So she still continues to be adamant that, yes, I work here. So finally, the detective tells the guard to just let them through so they can go talk in her office. So very confidently, she brings this cop into a building through this office space, finally gets to a dead end, and admits to the cop, yeah, I don't work here. So that was kind of lie number one. Lie number two is about the nanny. The nanny, there is no record. Uh, her name is uh, Zanny. That was her nickname. I call her Zanny the nanny. And so there is no evidence of Zanny ever existing. The address they gave her was actually not a real address. In fact, it was for... Um, it was in a 55 and up community. And so that was kind of line number two. Line number three was the fact that she had no idea where Kaylee was. Because clearly the cops, they, at that point, strike to your out. They knew that she had to know something that she was not telling the police. And so for three months, basically... She sent them on wild goose chases. They keep coming up empty-handed. They have no idea where Kaylee um, is or whether or not she's alive. Uh, they start preparing the family for the worst, that Kaylee is dead. 
Um, but basically, they're coming up empty-handed. Until December 19th of 2008, when the sheriff's office gets a call from a man named Roy Cronk, who claimed um, to see a suspicious object in the woods not far from um, the Anthony family home. So the police go out and investigate it, and sure enough, it is human remains, child human remains. But before this, the jury indicted Casey of capital murder and other charges, and she pled not guilty. So this was the evidence that they needed to tie Casey to her daughter's murder. So sure enough, the remains were Kaylee Anthony, and that's where I'm going to leave it. Wow. Cliffhanger. Yep. That's where I'm going to leave it. I'll leave it like that. Wow. Okay. And the next episode, we will get to uh, Casey's trial. All right. So, All right. Let's hear it. So my case is not as complicated, but it is equally bad. So just a little recap. Um, the name of the victim or one of the victims is Marie Adler and she's 18 years old at the time of the assault. So, um, before the crime happened, Marie was just alone in her apartment, like always at night. Um, and she was on the phone with one of her good friends until probably about 4am and then she went to bed and this all took place in August of 2008 in Linwood, Washington. Um, so around 6 a.m., um, the perpetrator snuck in through Marie's back door. Uh, I believe she left it unlocked and unlocked. And that's actually the criminal's motive. He chooses people who often leave their windows unlocked or their doors unlocked. And then after he commits the crime, he'll tell them to be safe for next time. Um, so it doesn't happen again. Um, so that's his motive. Yeah, really messed up. So anyways, um, he snuck through the back door. He tied Marie up with a pair of shoelaces. Um, and it was later found out that the shoelaces he tied her up with were her own shoelaces. And he sexually assaulted her, um, for several hours. And then he finally left. And before he left, he... Took, he blindfolded her and threatened her with a knife, which also was later found out to be a knife from her kitchen. And he took pictures of her and he threatened that he would send them out to anyone, to everyone, um, if she told authorities or any anyone. And so then he made her shower and he washed the sheets and left. So one thing that he was really specific about was making the victim the victim shower for 20 minutes to make sure that they got all of the evidence off of them. So evidence was not really a big thing in this case, um, but we'll talk more about that in the third episode. Um, but then, so he washed the sheets and then he left. Okay, so that was actually um, the suspect's first known assault um, was on Marie. And then once Marie reported it and 
Um, everyone told her she was lying. He went on to assault the five other women. Um, but I don't really have much information on that. My um, case is mainly um, focused on Marie Adler. But there are, like, most of the details that are consistent with um, all of the other victims, like making them shower for 20 minutes, taking pictures, and threatening them, threatening to send them out. And even, like, the shoelaces that he took from Marie's um, sneakers, he would take things that other people had, like shoelaces and any kind of, like, strings or anything he could use to tie them up. He would take them from the victim, um, and then he would bring them with him when he was done assaulting them. And then he would also use, like, if the victim had a gun in the home, he would use those knives. Anything that he could, like, threaten them with, he would use things that he found in the victim's houses. Um, So he was very consistent with his crimes. Um, So that is pretty much it for my case. Um, And in the next episode, we'll talk about how uh, Mark O'Leary was found and his charge and the trial and everything like that. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Nice. We will see you next time on Thursday, right? Probably. All right. Hopefully. Same time, same place on Thursday. Yep.